I hope you like it. If you just sit with me a few minutes, you'll hear the music soon. And uh, we'll have a great show, God willing. <laughs> yep. It's going to be a surprise guest. <laughs> for you guys. Not for us. We know who that is. <laughs> You know, it's funny, I was just thinking, when I was trying to make a correction, I thought that the rosary was wrong, saying, uh, House of God, for the, it said House of God for the Virgin Mary, but I read House of Gold. Yeah. And I thought it was a mistake, so I contacted them, and it's supposed to be House of Gold, it's on purpose. Okay. To say abundance, wealth. Gold is wealth, gold is abundance, but it's not. Wealth is not in gold or anything materialistic in this world. You're wealthy when you're rich in spirit. At least I am. <laughs> I'm hoping to be. like you could use a little company from me but if you got everything and figured out like you say don't waste a minute don't wait a minute it's only a matter of time for you to tell me now i've been a fool the Cure with Amy Cabo. Life can bring many difficult situations. Domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. Welcome, Amy Cabo and The Cure. Good afternoon and welcome to The Cure. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, always joined by Boris. Some things never change. Our show is available live on the radio through our app called The Cure, or our website, GodIsTheCure.com. We are broadcasting live from Miami, also on Facebook. Search for God is the Cure and click the Send Message button. You can always send us a question, and we would love to hear from you. This show deals with suffering and the tenacity of the human spirit, the will to survive, and the courage to keep moving forward despite any obstacle, with the help of God and each other. If you got everything, don't waste a minute. It's only a matter of time. Seems like you can use a little company from us. There are some awesome songs like that that make you move and lift your spirits. I usually get tempted to do things the wrong way rather than the right way. I mean, even when I'm going somewhere, my first instinct is to turn in the wrong direction. So I have to stop, correct myself if Bobby doesn't turn me around just to go the right way. Maybe it's easier for some people, I don't know. It's some kind of learning disability, they say, of which there are hundreds to always go the opposite way. Taking shortcuts always seems like the first good idea that comes to mind. 
but I was raised to value hard work, which I discovered to be more beneficial, and that kind of raising came from our Father in Heaven. I usually want to act or speak on impulse, but I now stop to think or listen. I first think of relaxing first and working later, but I tell myself, no, I, us I work first and play later, though it can be difficult. I used to play things wherever it was nearest out of convenience, but it's stressful when you can't when you can't remember what you, where you've misplaced it. Now I take a moment to think what would be a good place to put this item and it's helped me become more organized. Because of this I'm usually finding useful items and getting less frustrated and I'm no longer wondering where things are because everything has its place. That's the idea. Evil intrudes first to give you a chance to do the right thing instead. If God was there first, it defeats the purpose of putting forth our own effort. I bet if we just think about things, we are likely to do the right thing. Sometimes it just takes a few seconds to stop and think. How easy is that? And how often is it our first instinct to get angry when we feel hurt, insulted, or when we simply choose to judge? Instead, we can practice kindness. And today, we will be discussing the power of being kind. Our special guest is Gabriella Banray. Gabriella is the kindness expert, a keynote speaker, a three-time author, and the founder of Dare to Be Kind movement. Gabriella's books and work is focused on bullying, self-acceptance, and productive relationships. Gabriella says that kindness is the most underutilized skill in today's world. Gabriella, thank you for being on the show. Yes. We are now live. Gabriella. Thank you for having me, Amy. Thank you. And Gabriella, I think I can summarize kindness as being gent gentle, thoughtful, helpful, and forgiving at times when it would be so easy to be angry. Gabriella. You tell your unique story Absolutely, in your I book. Agree. I can I can find my might. Being adopted at the age of three and then exposed to bullies and racism during your childhood, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about your incredible story? Yes, so I'm one of the first cross-cultural adoptions in the world, born in Pakistan and then raised for the first three years of my life in a Catholic orphanage where I received the beautiful name Gabriela. And then I was adopted at the age of three by a Dutch family. So that's very far away, Europe and Pakistan, especially at that time. And um, adoption kind of came with a price because at the one hand, you're incredibly grateful to have received a family, but then you kind of fall within this structure where there is more judgment about you, about you being an outsider, having a different skin color, speaking a different language, and obviously also having probably a little bit of different habits. And so that was actually very hard as a child. And so I got bullied quite frequently and immediately uh, upon my arrival. And I think that 
I always say to other children that we don't see ourselves, right? We really don't. We're, even if we look in the mirror, we only see our flaws. We never really see our true selves. So when children say to other children that you're ugly or not good enough or that there's something funny about your nose or your skin color, you actually believe that as a child. And that goes very deep. And like your show says, I have a lot of tenacity. And so I didn't give up easily. So I was very persistent. And I told the kids, it's just brown all over. With other words, get over it and let's just play, you know, let's leave that all to the side. But what's very interesting in me is that there is a psychologist, Matthew Lieberman, who says that devastating effects do happen when we don't have that universal uh, belonging, where we don't have connection with others. So he talks about the social connection that is incredibly important. Which is very important. So I took that connection. And Gabriella, yes. you're, you're not alone because when I came to the United States from the Dominican Republic not knowing uh, speaking mm-hmm. Spanish, we were bullied as well because we were different. We spoke Spanish. And so, and I know that any time that I feel bad, somebody asks me, what are you feeling? I'm feeling like I don't belong, not even in this world. So yeah. I get where you're yeah. coming from. I I understand mm-hmm. that. But it's... It, Through the not belonging, we have three things that happen. We kind of feel unnoticed, unwanted, and unloved, right? We, Our self-esteem goes lower, and so then we are even more easily prey for a bully because I almost say that they sniff it out, you know, the weakness of someone else. But like one the pack mentality. I cle- yes, absolutely. But one thing that I clearly teach is that the bully and the victim are in a way similar. They are mirror images of each other. And through kindness and through talking both, and I don't like the word bully, so I'm going to say instigator, okay? Okay. So the instigator and the victim, when they sit together, I always start with the victim. I put my hand on their knee, a boy or a girl, or sometimes these are adults, and I always say these words, who hurt you? And when did this happen? And before I know it, that person is in tears because of that simple act of kindness. Of caring. Of this, yeah, caring, being loving. And it's incredible how, how a lot of the kids follow the example of the agitator. I remember one time they used to, when I was in elementary, they would call a girl a dog and nobody wanted to be her friend and everybody stayed away from her. So I became her friend. I I became a dog too. But it's just incredible how they just, everybody joins in. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really sad. Also, Gabriella. It's peer pressure. Yes. and, And... we need to teach our children that we don't have to be like everyone else. We can be our unique selves, that that's more valuable. Mm-hmm. And also, in, in um, your pictures, you're carrying a ball around with you while you're on stage. Yes, I do. What, it you... was so hard in the beginning. It was so hard in the beginning to, to tell the children what values and standards were. So in the beginning, 
I bounce the ball because I love the English language, just like you. I, I spoke <laughs> another language before. And so I, I wanted to explain what it was. And so I wrote on the ball, we as a society have dropped the ball on human kindness. Will you help me pick it up? And the English, I love that in English, pick it up or we drop the ball. I, I, I love that concept. It's playful. Nice. Everyone knows what it means. Children understand, pick it up. And um, I, I throw the ball into the audiences, adults and kids alike, and in corporate. And I say, this is one of you. This is someone who feels left behind. This nice. And that's, and that's like what we need to share around the world. I'm Amy Cabo, Absolutely. and this is The Cure. We will continue talking to Gabriella Van Ray after the short break. It would be kind if you stay with us. Okay, this time we finished a little bit early. <laughs> we will be right back with Amy Cabell and The Cure. Time, I guess. Hi, I'm John Erickson Tata, and if my husband Ken doesn't watch it, well, he will is, just go, 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 go when it music. comes to helping me and my disability. Time, Ken is a wonderful caregiver, but I have to make certain he you takes lots of breaks, because sometimes caregiving can be so overwhelming. Ken keeps pushing himself until finally he will collapse. And there's great advice for caregivers like my husband in 1 Kings chapter 19. There we see Elijah the prophet He's on the go, 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 and he's pushing himself hard, and then he collapses in discouragement. But an angel of the Lord comes and touches him and says to the weary prophet, get up and eat, for this journey is too much for you. Like Elijah, caregivers can collapse. They become weary, the journey is just too much. So if you're a caregiver, learn from Elijah. Let God come and touch you, and find the encouragement you need at johnnyandfriends.org. Life can bring many difficult situations. Domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. The issue is not stay there, but to overcome all obstacles and show that with the love of God, your husband, and your family, you can succeed. Love is the answer, God is the cure, reveals Amy Cabo's life. A warrior who didn't give up and achieved the dream of her life. You can get to know more about her and her story on GodIsTheCure.com or buying her book on Amazon.com. You can ask this Coming if up you on want. Inside for Living, Chuck Swindoll describes the cure for guilt so and shame. There are a few uh, enemies of the soul worse than shame. Chuck's Do new series is called Searching the Scriptures. The better you get to know the Word of God, the less shame you will have to deal with. God will deliver you from the shackles of shame. That's a promise. Listen weekdays to Insight for Living. This will guide you to stop the conversation with her. Oh, I see. And when the music starts, just how did I ever believe in something that was step aside and watch? And I got nowhere to say, so I think I lost my faith. But I thank you for the day. Oh, everything will be okay, but no, I cannot. 
Welcome back to the show. For those that are tuning in, I'm Amy Cabo, and this is The Cure. We're talking to Gabriella Benray about the power of kindness. We are live on the radio and also on Facebook. Please search God is the Cure and send us a question. We have all seen ourselves in situations of doubt and at times that we have lost our faith. Yet still, we don't lose focus of the day that everything will be okay. And for that, we thank God knowing we cannot fix it or make it stop. So let's start with turning off our phones and looking into each other's eyes. Imagine dragons had it right on how to live the real life. I love them. That's a great song for those of us who are always on our phones. <laughs> She's looking at me. <laughs> okay. Go, go Turn your phone off. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Gabriela, you're a frequent speaker at, at schools and universities, and uh, I understand yeah. that you have a four-step program. Can you tell us a little bit more about that program and what exactly happens in these steps? Yeah, the steps came out of my own experience, my life experience, and watching the world around me, nice. and the steps are... Uh, yeah, the steps are the first one you guys will love because, Emma, you said it already, the pack mentality. So the first step is um, becoming an active witness. So becoming an active witness, all that means is you go from bystander to someone who actually helps someone. To peacemaker. And I always say the yes, and I always say that we all, all of us, have such enormous um, strength from the inside, and I call that might. So we have this incredible might or power, if you prefer, from the inside. So um, becoming a kindness, um, an active witness story, is a person that even in the fear of a pack mentality group, takes her friend and maybe even takes the victim by the hand, he or she, and just walk out of the group because automatically the momentum will stop by doing that. If you I do take away the audience. A lot of people, you take away the audience, you would take away all the power right. right there. So becoming an active witness. The second one is ownership of one's uniqueness. And that's a little bit hard because when you're young and you go home and you tell your father or your mother that you're bullied, and let's say that you're a chubby little kid, um, or in my case that I was brown. When you say that, you know, your parents kind of try to deny it. And they do that out of love and out of protection. But it doesn't really help the child. So I always do the opposite. When a child says to me, um, they call me chubby and mean names, I always sit perfectly still and I wait. And the child is always very mesmerized by that. And <laughs> they say, what are you doing? And I because I'm not on my phone, by the way. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I love it. Away in my purse. And I really wait. And sometimes I have to wait an hour. And then come the floodgates. You know, the, the tears really start rolling. Because you give that child that space, that safe space, where they know you're not looking on your phone, where they know you're not running away, where they know that, wow, 
this person is actually spending time with me, sitting here calmly. And then the child usually says, but my mom says I'm not fat. And then I say, well, I don't really at this moment need to know what your mom thinks. I need to know what you think. What do you feel in your heart? And then the child says, I do think I'm fat. And I said, no, what a relief. We got that over with. How do you feel? And the child often says, yeah, it is a relief. I said it. And I said, you know what? You're still as good as you were five seconds ago. And that just shocks them. Nice. And so that's the ownership. Say it. Say how you really feel, but then throw it away. That's how you feel. Okay, done. I am fat. I am brown. I am whatever. I have curly red hair. Own it. Whatever it is that you're teased for, own it. Yeah. Own it. Own it and exactly. let it go. And the next time they say something, you say, yeah, I know. And? Okay, I'm chubby. I own it too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good for you. You are hilarious. I can't see you, so I won't know this, okay? Okay. And the third step is um, dare to step into you. So now that you've taken ownership, this this part kind of comes automatically, right? Because now your self-esteem is up. The child or the adult says, yeah, okay, I've admitted all of this. And then it just says, yeah, I am me, and I'm going to dare to continue to be me. And because I'm okay with it. conformity is not the way to live. Yes. And I teach, especially in this part, conformity. And then the last part, and for children, conformity is really hard, but I show it in M&M's. Like if you have a whole group of yellow M&M's and a little red M&M comes in, then the red M&M gets like a little layer of yellow over it, and then all the children shout fake. And then I said, good guys, that's conformity. I pretend to be like them because I don't want to stand out. So that's step three. And the last step is, of course, my favorite, dare to be kind. Because if kindness was so easy, we wouldn't need to dare. And the reason I say dare is because what if I'm rejected? It's a challenge sometimes. What if I'm rejected? Right? It's a challenge. What if someone mean is, and I'm kind to them, and then they shout mean stuff to me? That, that might really embarrass me, especially if it's in public. So we need to dare. But I always say, answer all rudeness with kindness and just watch the magic happen. Watch it happen. Do it steadily and continue. In and the beginning, they'll kind of laugh at you. But they'll change. They make a shift. And why do you suppose it's important to be kind, especially when it's least expected? Hmm. Because the people, I have a quote, and I always say, nobody strikes another human being coming from a positive place. So think of 7 billion people on this planet, I think, at the moment, right? 6.9, something like that. Something like <laughs> I, I that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, listen, let's say seven. So pretend in Amber's that 6.9 is not in a good place. That's how much reactiveness we see every day. Think of road rage, just to give you an example. Think of the cashier that stands in, the, I, uh, I in have, the grocery store. But I, I, speaking from a personal level, 
road rage and all yeah. those things, those are automatic reactions. That's going to be your first reaction, and everybody exactly. usually falls for it, including myself. But I have to tell you that when I don't fall for it and I do the opposite thing, I don't react in a bad way and I react in a good way, which surprises me sometimes, but I'm very happy about it. I'm much more pr proud of myself. And not only was it a good thing to be kind for that other person, but it's also good for you because you feel better about yourself. You don't feel absolutely. good if you get angry. Action re no, absolutely. But action-reaction is a normal thing. But nobody taught us, neither in school, neither in our home, that being reactive nonstop is the most tiring thing in the world. It's, it's like playing uh, ping-pong all day long with uh, 10, 20 people around you. That's, that's no way to do, to, to, to act and to live. And so the example that I give is that cashier, you know, you're, you run in for milk that you forgot, right? And you only have one item, and you're, you're pressed, and nobody knows how much the milk costs. And the cashier says very snippy to you, do you know how much it is? And you answer, um, does it look like I work here? You know, it, it's out of your mouth before you yes, know it. Yes, yes. We have been talking so. with Gabriella Benray about being kind. Please call in if you saw firsthand what the power of being kind does. 866-34-TRUTH. Again, 866-348-7884. We would love to hear from you. This is The Cure. We will be right back with Amy Cavill and The Cure. not enough time in the show for this woman. It's a lot of nice talk. <laughs> Who are you? What is your true identity? Go to this movie and you'll be so encouraged as to the answer to that question. True Commentary with Stu Epperson, author of the book, Last Words of Jesus. As I left the movie Jesus Overcomer, speaker, this is what people she said to me. Powerful, amazing. And at the essence of the movie, you discover, you <laughs> think through who are you, but am I asked this question, defined by what so I do, what I've accomplished, what I don't do, how I failed, or am I defined by whose I am, bought by a price by the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, that oh, is, is what it means to be overcome. Yes, I asked commentary with Stu Epperson, author of the book, Last Words of Jesus, available now in bookstores. Learn more at lastwordsofjesus.com. And now, today's Pathway Minute with Dr. Robert Jeffress. In heaven, the Bible is very clear. We're not just going to be some spirit floating around. We are going to have a physical body. Now, that shouldn't be a surprise when you look at God's original plan for us. God's original design for us was both a spirit and a body. Look at Genesis 2-7 about God's original creation. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. We were made from dust, something real. God breathed life into us and we became a living being. In eternity, we will always exist in a body as well as be spirit. Pathway Minute is produced by Pathway to Victory 
To access the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress, go to ptv.org. We're back. Thanks for joining us. I'm Amy Cabo, and this is The Cure. We're live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern on your radio, on our app, The Cure, or on GodIsTheCure.com. We're also live streaming on Facebook. Search for God is a Cure, and you can send us a question by clicking on the send message. We sometimes feel like we can't breathe, that we can't be what you want us to be. We try to convince God of this even ourselves or our loved ones. But that's when I recognize I am a bad liar. We are free to go once we release ourselves from believing the enemy's lies. And once we are aware of this, we can gain strength through prayer and control it. Some songs have messages that have different meanings. Though in this song, Dan, the singer of Imagine Dragons, wrote it for his girlfriend a precious gesture of humility, and that's how he won her heart back. We are continuing our conversation with Gabriella Ben-Ray about the power of kindness. Be kind and merciful. Let no one ever come to you without coming away better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, kindness in your smile, kindness in your warm greeting, Mother Teresa. Gabrielle, most of us recognize the values of kindness, but putting it into action is another matter. Can you give us some practical advice on how to establish kindness as a habit in our life? Absolutely. The first biggest hindrance that I see, two of them, one you already mentioned is the phone. We have our nose literally in the phone our heads are always bent down. We bump into people on the street that are not paying attention to the world around us. So put those phones away when you're walking and you're about in public because you could never see to help anyone, let alone be kind, if you have your nose in your phone. So that's the biggest hindrance. So oh. put them away and start looking at the world because if you look at the world, you will the need and you will be able to act upon it immediately whether it's like you just said a smile a handshake a simple interaction like are you okay making sure that if you're in Starbucks that you actually mention the name of the barista he or her they all wear name badges it's so nice to be recognized to be noticed you know to be so acknowledged that's, that's yes. one of them yeah. And, and the second one really is time. We we pretend we're always too busy. We're we're not really that busy. We we can honestly have five entire minutes that come out of our day at different intervals. Sometimes it might be a minute, sometimes it might only be two, 
where we can be kind and stop to notice another human being. You, you, you have a third book that came out, Watch Your Delivery, focuses on respectful communication and the importance of watching our delivery. What do you see as the yeah. main problem that hinders polite communication? Well, we think it is our words, and I would agree that we have to, of course, be careful of our words. But it's the tone and the body language that we use with it that ends up triggering people into, an, into a reactive state against us. We forget that, for example, I'll just give you the easy example in, in work, in the big companies. Two people just pass and the colleagues just say, hi, hi, how are you this morning? But nobody listens to the answer. Why can't we do that and just stop for a second and actually look at each other? Because by looking, we would actually see that the other person is not fine, even though the word says, yeah, I'm fine. The so simple that things is we need to teach our children, like, for example, look at the person when they're speaking to you. How many times do we see somebody speaking to someone, they're answering them, looking at their paper or looking at their phone, and they're not even looking at you while they yep. speak to you? What happened? How can we revive human decency? And What needs to change on a personal level? and on a societal level. Wow, human decency. Well, the, That's a little bit not so strong, but okay. Got it. Human decency, the first one for me is let's bring back civility. So etiquette and civility, which is really opening the doors, all that good stuff that we learned from our parents that say 300 times, right? Shake hands, say thank you, all that stuff would be really nice if we saw it again. Because once we have civility, Kindness is just one step beyond that, because in the civility, you are what I call a nice person. In the <laughs> kindness, you take that step Extra. and you really act. Yeah, that step beyond, and you act upon it. Nice. See, a nice person holds open the door but might not help you with your groceries. The kind person not only holds open the door, it actually sees that you're having very heavy packages in your hand and then helps you with that, right? The, the outcome is just a little bit different because the kind has that level. And I think if you bring that back in society on a regular basis, everyone will see it. And then when you can live by example and people see it, oh my gosh, then it has a ripple effect, of course. And then it goes everywhere, right? Yes, right. and it, you know, kindness is contagious, but what do you believe could be the greatest hindrance to being kind? The biggest hindrance is that we think we have to be right and the other person is wrong. Mm. And so it's not so important to be right. <laughs> it's not, I, I'd rather be wrong and have friends. Yes. Um, because you know what? Everyone's opinion matters. But it is when you take your opinion. Let's say that I say to you, Aimee, I love your dress. But, and that but is not necessary. Either I love your dress, but I don't need to make it in a judgment. See, it's just my opinion that I love your dress. But the judgment by saying, but the color or whatever it is, right? Right. That's not necessary. We do not need to spread our judgments everywhere. An opinion is nice. fine. A judgment is criticizing. We do not need to criticize. That's where we go with right and wrong. 
And that's where we all get into a mess. Uh, you just have to turn on the TV to know that we're in a deep mess. And I know. So it. I'd rather not turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a hindrance, right? <laughs> and we think we are more important than the person we're talking to. And the truth is, we're not. We're the same. Or what we have to say is My more important than what they're telling us. And then we miss out on listening oh. and learning. Okay. I love that you just said that because that was going to be my third one. Oh, sorry. We are <laughs> the worst. No, no, no. I love it. We are the worst listeners. We Let's say that you say something to me. Um, for example, I went to a funeral really recently. And when I say that to someone, what do they do? They interrupt and they immediately say, oh, when I was at a funeral last year, but they haven't listened to you. So what you do is you basically shut up and you back off, right? But this was a, a moment where you could have learned something vulnerable, something beautiful about another human being. If you just had waited, you, you just need to let people talk. And once they're finished, find out if they want your advice. Or if they just wanted you to listen. See, when it's, for example, my, my girlfriend, and she'll talk about a relationship problem, I say, hmm, I heard you. And I think I hear both sides in what you said. Would you like me to comment on it, or did you just want to vent? And, and did you get mm -hmm. it, need to get it off your chest? Right. And you'd be so surprised about the answer. Often they just wanted to get it off their chest. Nice. They're not looking for you to comment. They're not looking for you to give your spin on it. Or and on your shoulder. Wrong. They can end up crying yeah, on your shoulder. Because what, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what I also say, if you continue to interrupt everyone, I give you a beautiful example. What if we talk, you and I, or the three of us, we talk about bullying and my childhood. And all of a sudden, I choke, right? And you, by being kind, put your hand on my shoulder or my arm, and you say, it's okay. That actually is not useful, and I will tell you why. Because we stop the flow of energy right there. And if they don't That's feel good. it's okay, you can say, I'm here for you. Yeah. Yeah. Help me understand I always, what can I, always, I do for you. Yeah. I just don't say anything because during the choking, this is where the most healing comes. Because that person is going to now go vulnerable and actually communicate something with you that is so beautiful and you will learn something too not only about them but about yourself and that's what i and that's that what i talk about productive I want to, yeah that's what i mean by that, productive communication what actually brings about something happens. good and you yeah, know but some of us absolutely. are just so i think if we're not so concerned about winning all the time we'll learn to be more humble i love that idea when we're back, we will continue yep. talking to Gabriella Van Ray about being kind. I'm Amy Cabo, and this is The Cure. Please call if you dare to be kind with another person that was not. 866-34-TRUTH. Again, 866-348-7884. We would love to hear from you. With Amy Cabo and The Cure. Have you ever made some bad choices? 
I mean, really bad choices. Well, Billy Graham shared a story from the Bible that should encourage you. It's a picture of a young man, and he goes to his father, and it was the law of the day, that he could ask for his inheritance, and being the youngest son, he inherited one-third of the estate. The son went to a big city, had him a big time, but then this boy squandered his wealth and wild living. He realized he had sinned, and he cast himself on the mercy of his father. The father welcomed his son home with open arms, not with punishment, and God will do the same for you if you surrender your heart to him. God's not waiting to judge you. God loves you. He sent his son to die on the cross for you. He wants to put his arms around you and receive you back to himself. Learn more at findpeacewithgod.net. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Life can bring many difficult situations. Domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. The issue is not stay there, but to overcome all obstacles and show that with the love of God, your husband, and your family, you can succeed. Love is the answer, God is the cure, reveals Amy Cabo's life. A warrior who didn't give up and achieved the dream of her life. You can get to know more about her and her story on GodIsTheCure.com or buying her book on Amazon.com. How do you take a group of imperfect, basically selfish human beings and forge lifelong, godly, other-centered relationships? Maybe you already tried that and it was less than you'd hoped for, or worse, disastrous. Well, next on Living on the Edge with Chip Ingram, Chip shares that it is possible and you can have those kinds of relationships beginning with a simple first step. Join Chip to find out what it is. That's Living on the Edge with Chip Ingram. Just a young gun with a quick fuse. I was uptight, wanna let loose. I was dreaming of bigger things and wanna leave my old life behind. Not a yes, sir, not a follow up. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. I was lightning before the thunder. Thunder, thunder. And now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. We're back, and thanks for joining us. I'm Amy Cabo, and this is The Cure. You can listen to The Cure every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern on your radio or on our app, The Cure, or on GodIsTheCure.com. I can definitely relate to this song. I was uptight, the quick fuse, the big dreaming, the living, the past behind. I didn't always fit in. I didn't always listen. I was lightning. I guess I matured to thunder. <laughs> this song is uplifting when encouragement is low. I like it. We are joined by Gabriella Banray talking about daring to be kind. Gabriella, I had a question for you that I didn't get to ask earlier. Okay. And it's it's uh it's it's really good stuff. Okay, in two thousand and twelve you began a campaign that led to the start of Dare to Be Kind movement. Tell us how that all came about. Okay, so that came about at the same time as I created the ball. Um, so for me, that I, I needed a slogan, and you're going to love this because the word pure is in it. So I needed a slogan <laughs> to get everyone into action. And so I began a campaign that says, Dare to be kind campaign, 
blame is not the cure, action is. And I did this for years, and then people said, but it's actually a movement what you're doing. And I said, yeah, that's true too. So that's how I changed it into the Dare to be Kind movement. But the truth is, the entire Dare to be Kind movement and the ball have all been born out of true necessity, seeing what is going on in the world and saying, hey, I'm going to do something about it. I want to bring more awareness. I want to really make sure that people understand what you can do in your own two-mile radius. And, you know, that's really how it all started. Uh, yes, to recruit more, recruit more people to be on Jesus' team, I guess. <laughs> Gabriella. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell yep. us a little bit about the fourth book you're working on right now? What's the main takeaway you oh, want yep. people to get after reading it? Oh, the fourth book is going to be called Kindness is a Choice. And it is about my nine years on the road and all the conversations I've had and what I teach on stage for people that don't get to see me or hear about me. It's the distinctions between nice and kind, for example. Um, it is the hindrances. It is what you can do and how um, kindness is not just one little thing and how one story of kindness can have a ripple effect on 50 other people doing exactly the same thing. And I definitely have a takeaway that would be your voice matters. One voice can make all the difference. And what can people do to join the Be Kind movement, to be part of that? Okay. So we're, we're always looking for kindness instigators. And so kindness you can go to, yeah, cool. kindness instigators. Let's instigate some good. That's good. So they can go to the Dare to be Kind movement. Yeah, we can call the bad guy <laughs> agitator and the kind person instigator. No. <laughs> okay, so we're going to promote no, kindness. They're, they're all instigators. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, hashtag Dare to be Kind, all in one word, small letters on social media. They will find me everywhere with that, too. And then if they want to, they can come on board on the Facebook pages that we have. We have a Dare to Be Kind movement. We have the Kindness Expert Facebook page. We're on Instagram, Twitter. We're literally everywhere. And so you, it's, it's very, very easy to join. You know, the movement can be from what you do at home, just being kind to others and spreading it. And I'll share a personal story. When I, I used okay. to work at Hooters, but some girls did, wanted to fight me. And I was in the car with my friend Jennifer. My little girl was maybe three. She was in the back seat. And Jennifer, you know, stood up, got out of the car and said, you can't beat a mother with her child. And it was like four of those girls. Anyhow, it was such a kind gesture. They respected her. But as a result, we became friends. We've been friends for 25 years. <laughs> So kindness can wow. really go a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. We just have to learn to diffuse it before it goes out of hand. So that's what I hope all the kindness instigators will do, is learn the methods that I teach, 
to be able to diffuse it before it goes too far. Nice. And I mean, because I know that you're not you're not alone, alone Gabriella, and bullying is a very it's it's a serious thing because we want our kids to be mm -hmm. confident and feel loved and feel like they belong, and we want them to realize. Even with my little girl, she gets disappointed by some of the things her friends may say, and I I tell her I tell her. Baby, sometimes kids don't really mean it. They're just talking. And I try to tell her, it's don't pay attention to it. Don't get don't get disappointed. Don't get upset. Just be nice. Mm -hmm. Just be nice in return. Absolutely. It's very hard for somebody to continue being mean to you if you don't react in a bad way. If you react nicely, eventually it's not so much fun to be mean to someone who's being nice. Right? Absolutely. Yep, they can't do it, actually. <laughs> it's actually an impossibility. And there's one thing we, we often don't discuss, but this is really true. Like, the other day, I, I was talking to someone, and we were talking about all these really good and positive things, and you kind of go with the flow, meaning your brain has all these oxytocins and stuff that fires up from the good and the positivity and the kindness we were talking about. And then someone came in and had like a real negative story. And it was really interesting that I watched my entire being, just my, my shoulders slumped, everything went down instead uh -huh. of up. So I want to say for your listeners out there, when we talk about negative stuff, try to make it always really short because it really affects our brain. It really affects the way we think afterwards. So even when you just share a story with another person, try to make it an uplifting one. Give it something so that the person that's leaving doesn't have a negative brain set when they leave, you know? Because well, that, that really counts. They... Go ahead. There's always safe places and safe people that you can tell your whole story and and it's safe but yes I I agree with you I used to never tell anybody anything bad that was going on because I didn't want to dampen their mood <laughs> so yeah I, I totally agree with you oh we have a, a question from social media Georgina is asking okay um, what if I'm surrounded in bad influence all the time people that are constantly angry but I'm not that way I mean, when is time to leave? I guess she means okay. family so, or friends? Yeah, so I can tell you that I personally have a very... My family, my direct family is kind of negative, my adopted family. It's time mm -hmm. to leave when you feel that you're dragged down. If you are capable of keeping your upbeat personality in that negativity, kudos to you. Absolutely kudos. <laughs> but I found that I couldn't do it. I really couldn't do it. Uh, after so many years, I couldn't. And even in the evening, I, I do it rarely and as, as little as possible because truly it drags you down. And I want to be around people that aren't toxic, that have good stories to tell and that are uplifting because that's really 
the kind of life I want to live. So that just really depends. But I can understand that you love them dearly. And so that that's a dilemma for you. Yes, because it could be your family and you're stuck there. Yep. And your, your family can be very negative. And bullying can happen within families, even even especially oh, within absolutely. big families. Even more. If there's a black sheep in the family, and and uh, and it, that's when it's that's when it's really hard because at that point you cannot leave, and you have to just somehow find peace within yourself. But I think you can always leave, and being a when black sheep, uh, I, I, <laughs> I I I have this attitude that uh, I was the black sheep of my family. I have this attitude that without me, they wouldn't have had so much fun. <laughs> you know. Very nice. <laughs> but now that I took myself out of it, they need to find another black sheep. Right? Oh, look at that. <laughs> but there's no one like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but at least I took myself out of it. <laughs> well, I think you did good. <laughs> Thank you. We're oh, yeah. always... You know, I, I looked at your Facebook page, too, and uh, I liked you on social media, and I wanted to say something because you have a beautiful drawing of um, a woman, which I presume is you, looking at uh, a sunset and the sea, right? Yes. And I wanted to say something to you and your listeners for that. Often I end my talk with this quote, and maybe this really resonates with you, Emma and Boris. The wave that knocks you down is also the wave that lifts you up. Nice. So That's with other beautiful. words, that experience that just hits you down, whether it's whatever it is, that experience itself is also what, when the wave is down, also just pulls you back up. Nice. Right? Because it does. Because it's a movement, the wave. That You're is at so, the bottom and the top. That is so true. different intervals. And Gabriella, there isn't yeah. enough time in a radio show with you. You're, no. You've been wonderful. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you. much, Gabriella, for being Thank with us. Thank you so much for And I admire me. your journey, by the way. Thank you. For more information on Gabriella, go to godisthecure.com under guests. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for, your, for the rope holders who've helped pull us pull us out of despairing situations for those who have given us an uplifting message intercede in our prayer on our behalf given of their time and expertise to help us in our dilemma we too want to be a rope holder and offer a word of encouragement be a listening ear and extend tender compassion and mercy to one in need help us to be your extended to those in need we pray amen for more information on Gabriella, go to GodIsTheCure.com under guests. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your, for the rope holders who've helped pull us, through, uh, pull us out of despairing situations. For those who have given us an uplifting message, intercede in our prayer on our behalf, given of their time and expertise to help us in our dilemma. We too want to be a rope holder and offer a word of encouragement be a listening ear and extend tender compassion and mercy to one in need help us to be your extended to those in need we pray amen this is amy cabo you have been listening to the cure 
thank you for being with us. Until next week, much love. Thank you for listening to The Cure with Amy Cabo. For more information,